Okay. Let's vibe. We're vibing. We're vibing. Obviously, this is Ryan, one of your local HBO boys, and I'm here to do two things. Number one, I got a new microphone, the Shure SM7B. I finally dropped those big, big bucks because, uh, you know, when you have a voice and an opinion as important as mine, it must sound at, it must be at peak. must be good. When you're as good at putting together sentences as this guy has to be. So... Anyway, also, I don't know if we're going to do a Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show. At this point, it's hard enough to schedule a hot D and there hasn't been a home episode in like a month. So who am I to say that we're actually going to be able to figure out a uh, Rings of Power show? But I've been talking about it in the Discord for so long, though. That I thought I might as well make a short thing describing my feelings on the first two episodes. So I think the first thing you got to say is that with the IP and how much they spent on the first season, there are going to be five, allegedly. It's said to have reached around a billion dollars, half of that billion being spent on the season and the other portion being spent on the IP alone. So the landscape that it enters with high budget television is obviously it's going right up against House of the Dragon. They are going to be put against each other. There's just no way around it. They're happening at the exact same time and people's eyes are going to be on one during the week and one on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. So uh, the Rings of Power is high fantasy. Everyone knew that from the beginning. That's what Lord of the Rings is. Game of Thrones slash House of the Dragon is heraldry. It is based on old English bullshit in the best way possible. I say the word bullshit, but like know that I say it positively. So you're not going to get seven-year-olds walking with King Viserys and being like, they should get married. And you're also not going to get a cesarean section on screen, right? In Rings of Power. You're going to get some orc bullshit. Again, positive. You're going to get some elf bullshit. You're going to get some dwarves. You're going to get some pre-hobbits, like not even hobbits yet. You're going to get something more complicated than House of the Dragon is, which, by the way, is pretty complicated. We're talking about two expansive worlds here that are seemingly never-ending. And I I suppose I'll dive a little bit into what happened during the first two episodes of The Ring of Power. But gosh dang, it would take a long time to get everything. They are crawling. uh, uh, Crawling would infer that it's going slowly. They are flying over this Middle Earth at a fast pace. They use a map for scene transitions to show you where you are and where you're going. And they have to do so or you would just get completely lost. And there's going to be a narrative that you need to be able to understand some of Lord of the Rings, some of the Cimmerillion, some of the Hobbit, some of that world to understand this show. I don't think you do. I do think it makes it a whole lot better, though. I think that is more prominent in Rings of Power than it is in House of the Dragon. I think you can go into House of the Dragon without ever seeing an episode of Game of Thrones like Adam, specifically on our Hot D podcast, and you could never have written a 
I mean, written. You could you could write more words than George R. R. Martin is with the last book. Sure, you could never have read a word of Game of Thrones, etc., and watch House of the Dragon, and I think get more out of it than going in completely dry boned, going in raw to Rings of Power. I believe you can still enjoy it, but it's going to be harder to enjoy Rings of Power with zero knowledge than it would be to enjoy House of the Dragon with zero knowledge, in my opinion. First off. Let me get this out of the way. I freaking love Rings of Power. I cannot tell you which one I like more at this moment. They are different kinds of shows. One is high fantasy. One is heraldry bullshit. Again, every time I say the word bullshit, unless I I specify it's in a positive light, it's within fantasy, obviously, and they're going to be put up against each other for that very reason. But I I just don't... it's, It's not so much apples and oranges. This is peaches and bananas, okay? I don't know what the fuck that means. I like it. I like both of them for different reasons. Which one do I like more currently? Which one am I looking forward to seeing the next episode more? I think it's Rings of Power, honestly. But I think they're the two best shows on television right now. If Severance was currently on air, if Ted Lasso was on air, if Yellow Jackets was on air, um, gosh, what are other ones? Umbrella Academy, not anymore because of that last awful season. Mm, maybe the new Stranger Things would be up there. People who loved Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, but that's over. Other shows I'm sure that I'm just missing out on and not saying or talking about because they're not in my purview. But I would say Rings of Power and House of the Dragon are the two best shows on television right now when you take everything into account, which they should be. So much goddamn money is being spent on both of them. They are the flagship shows. You could not go onto an Amazon fucking website for the past six months without them being like, rings of power, right? You guys are going to watch? Oh, please watch. We paid so much. So yeah, let me just, okay. Okay. So we get a prologue in the first episode narrated by Galadriel, played by Morfid Clark, who is carrying the show. She has the show on her shoulders is amazing. If you'd like to put her up against Millie Alcock, Princess Rhaenyra, who, by the way, will be gone most likely soon when they do the time jump in Hot D for actresses at the leads of shows, I think you would have to give the nod to Morford Clark. More so than her performance, as opposed to Millie Alcock's, it's more so just what the worlds offer women. In Hot D slash Game of Thrones, women have a mountain to climb at all times. And the mountain is insurmountable. (laughs) It's like Daenerys tried her very best. And then at the end, spoiler alert, she got fucking stabbed. And who knows if that's going to be how it ends in the books. I don't think we ever will. I I think it will never happen where we see the last book. But in the world of Lord of the Rings, women don't have to overcome a world of men who are keeping them down purposely. They, obviously that is a part of some cultures in the Lord of the Rings, but Galadriel specifically is a goddamn demigod. Uh, By the way, I'm not coming from a place of like knowing everything about both of these worlds. I know a little bit of something about both. So when I say she's a demigod and you're listening and you're like, uh, (laughs) Ryan, no, she's not a demigod. Know that I'm trying, but I don't know everything. She pulls us in from the prologue. She says, nothing is evil at the beginning, which is lit. That's a good opening line. We see Valinor, the equivalent of Middle-earth's heaven in the first age, which is this story mainly takes part in the second age and Lord of the Rings mainly takes part in the third age. This is thousands of years 
before Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas. This is thousands of years before Gandalf. So he's old as fuck, right? Like, this is a long goddamn time ago. And remember, I said thousands there. It is hundreds of years before Daenerys, Jon Snow, etc. in Hot D. This is thousands in Rings of Power. So, like, you can't even look up a map for the Rings of Power on the internet and see a map of Middle Earth without specifically drilling down into, no, 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 I need to see a map of the Second Age when Mordor wasn't, like, obsidian and full of big, giant red eyes that are always watching. We, in this show, the Rings of Power, are in Mordor. It's just not called that yet, and there's some normal shit going on. Normal-ish, right? There's some evil bullshit asunder, a coming, but... It, we're, it, there's like green grass there and shit. It's a long time ago. Anyway, uh, young Gladriel puts a small paper sailboat into a bubbling stream in the elf's own garden of Eden-ish. Then one of her friends sinks the boat like a jackass and Gladriel tackles that motherfucker because how dare you? I made a very cool boat. Her brother, Finrod, amazing name. Actually, I kind of hate it. doesn't matter. Finrod stops her from killing this son of a bitch, which honestly, you should have let her do it. And this scene is like basically Batman begins. Why do we fall, Bruce? Why do we fall? It's uh, so we can uh, get back up again. I don't, I don't fucking know. The point is like, How do I know what is good? How do I know uh, if I'm just swimming into the darkness? And her brother's like, you'll figure it out. (laughs) That's basically what he says. Then we go into the future and Galadriel is climbing the wall in Game of Thrones. I mean, for a duet or whatever it's called. And she is trying to, along with a elf battalion Hunt down the bad guy, who, by the way, killed her brother and then put a marking on her brother that curiously looks like the Eye of Sauron. Ooh. There's a snow troll. They murder it. All the people in her party are like, yo, you defied the High King's instructions already. It's time to go home. We're going to fucking mutiny on you. I don't like being here anymore. It's very cold. Eventually, to get rid of her, Elrond, who's, by the way, in this story, just not Hugo Weaving and younger, is like, on behalf of the king... You got to get the fuck out of here. You're going back to heaven on a boat and you're you're just causing too much shit. You got to go back to heaven right before she goes into the guys. It looks like a vagina in the sky. I don't know what to tell you. That's what it looks like. And she's about to go in it on the boat with a bunch of her pals. And then she's like, no. And then she jumps out into the ocean. And then you're like, wow, I bet that's far out in the ocean. And she's fucked. She gets picked up on a boat by a hunky hunky dude who is a mystery and non-canonical at this point. We don't know who he is. And then they go into a storm and that storm bones them. She gets like struck by lightning, goes underneath the waters about to die. The hunky hunky man gets her up there and then they're lying on that goddamn raft in the middle of the ocean and get picked up by a boat that has a uh, silhouette of a man on it. We don't know who that silhouette of a man is, but we assume it's some Numenor bullshit. That's what happens to her. We also meet Nori and Nori is a like pre-Hobbit. Like there are going to be Hobbits in the future when they travel west, but for right now, they are not that yet. She is a wily little bugger who wants more from her life than she currently has. At some point, she sees a comet in the sky. In fact, all the characters basically see a comet in the sky, negating Galadriel, who is currently swimming at the time. And it lands really close to where Nori is. So Nori goes and looks with her friend, Poppy Proudfellow, 
to see what that shit was. I think it should be noted here. A lot of the story that we're watching at the beginning of this series is happening either in a place that's going to be Mordor in the be- in, like soon or like right outside Mordor. The place where Nori and all these pre-hobbits are are basically where those ghosties were in the swamp in Lord of the Rings. It's all happening like right outside where the gates to Mordor are going to be in the future. We don't really get to see Western stories here. They're still all east of the Misty Mountains. And we at some point we get to the Misty Mountains and we're just seeing some people underneath that shit. We're, one day we'll go west, but not yet. Anyway, Nori goes and sees what the comet's all up about. And in the middle of it is a dude who is laying in fire, but the fire isn't hot. And that's fucking weird. They refer to him as the stranger. Who is the stranger? That's sort of like the big mystery of the first two episodes, and I bet will be the big mystery of the season. It doesn't make sense for that stranger to be Gandalf. It's too late, too soon, late. It's fucking a thousand years before it's supposed to be. He talks to the Fireflies. He has a fire. He talks to the Fireflies like Radagast might do, but that's also a little weird. Is it Sauron? It might be. It just might be. She's like, we got to help him. And her friend's like, fucking why? And I bet long term, her friend will be Samwise-esque. And by that, I mean right. And telling a rambunctious scamp that is Nori what she should have been doing, which was leaving it the fuck alone. But Nori's like, nah, we got to help him. At some point, they're like, oh, my God, we have to show him the stars. I might know where the stars are. I don't know. That is a migrating faction, Nori and her family and all of their friends. They're about to get out of there. But the stranger needs more help. I I, I don't know. She shouldn't probably be helping the stranger, but she's a rambunctious scamp. What are you going to do? Then we get Elrond, who is introduced to Lord Celebrimbor. He is a guy who's going to make three of the very powerful rings. Not the one that rules them all, but three of the other ones. One that will be eventually worn by uh, the Dwarf Lord, uh, the Durins as they go. Uh, One that's going to be worn by Galadriel, and one that's going to be worn by Gandalf. But he hasn't made them yet, and Aragorn... Uh, not Aragorn, fuck, Elrond is, how many times have I said Elrond's name wrong? Probably more than once. It's going to help him. But to do so, they need to make a forge that's big as fuck. And to do so, they probably need the dwarves' help. And he's like, let me go talk to the dwarves. I'm gonna go to the Misty Mountains, the place that will eventually be Moria. And he gets there, he's like, shit, I haven't been in here in 20 years, and y'all are popping off. It is way crazier in here than it used to be. Why is that? And Durin... Elrond's friend is like, oh, we're just good at it. There's no other uh, mystical reason why this is going super well. And Elrond's like, okay. And basically Elrond asks Durin, hey, dude, talk to your dad, the king, and ask him if y'all will help us. And Durin's real mad because Elrond hasn't been around for like 20 years. He didn't come to his wedding. He didn't see his two kids being born. He was like, we were friends. And then you didn't show up anymore. And that's horseshit. And Elrond's like, my bad. And he was like, okay, <laughs> not really. His his wife, Deez, is like, yo, chill. This is going to be fine. And eventually Durin is talked into actually saying all of this. Yo, we're trying to make this big old forge. We'll get one of the rings. He's not even saying that yet. The rings aren't a thing. Like, but... That's what we, the dwarves, will benefit from this. And his dad's like, no, fuck elves. (laughs) And that's basically where we are there. Also, in where Mordor's going to be, 
there is a elf, a sylvan elf named Arendir, and he is in a sexual slash loving relationship that is forbidden with Bronwyn, who is a uh, woman with a son that looks a lot like they boned and had that son, but the son's like, my dad, is, I don't even know who that guy is. So he obviously doesn't know that Arendir is his father. Arendir is one of the elves who kind of like takes care of this part of the world. This part of the world needs extra care because they used to follow the old bad guy. They're like the cultists or descendants of the cultists of the old bad guy. So the elves are like, we should keep check on these motherfuckers because they're probably going to wild now in the future once more. But apparently they don't need to do that anymore. At least the elves think so. So the elves are like, yo, Iron Deer, we're popping the fuck out. We're leaving. But he, and he's like, oh no, I don't, um, want to. The woman I love and probably the son that I have is here. And I don't, I don't want to leave. And thankfully that gets kind of messed up. Although the, his boss is going to be like, where are you, Iron Deer? Where he is, is they figure out that like there was this cow. It ate some grass. Its milk was black goo now. That's weird. There's some sort of scourge. There's some, some, some sort of blight happening in that area, you know, and it's, it's future Mordor. So that makes a lot of sense. Some evil's happening up in this bitch. So he finds tunnels. And there are weird orcish looking motherfuckers in said tunnel. So he goes in and he goes to check it out and he gets, you know, swiped away by some orcs in the night. Like their their hands just come out of nowhere and go whoop and he's gone. So we don't know what's happening with him right now, but I'm sure it will be dope. Then Bronwyn sees one of these orcs come up into her house and attack her and her son. She fights that fucker off, that cuts that motherfucker's head off, and then goes back into town and is like, yo, people who are probably cultists of the old bad guy and who don't listen to me when I'm telling you we all should leave, here's this motherfucker's head. What do you think about that? Should we leave now? You think we should leave now? And then they do. Did I mention the stranger makes a bunch of fireflies die, which is ominous? So probably not. Like, all the people who are like, he has to be Gandalf. Again, the timeline doesn't work out, and he made a bunch of fireflies die. That's not some Gandalf shit. That's some weird evil guy shit. Don't even give me that. Oh, I didn't even talk about the opening credits. Um, pretty good. Howard Shore wrote the music. Weirdly enough, he is being outshined these days, in my opinion, by Raman Jwadi, who is ripping Westworld music and Game of Thrones music and House of the Dragon music, etc., but Howard Shore did do the opening theme. It's pretty good. And I would say, though, the the Rings of Power opening intro, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is sort of akin to House of the Dragons. I think it's underwhelming. I think the music is great, but the visuals aren't there. I just don't think it's iconic. When you think of iconic intros, Game of Thrones is up there. And these two probably aren't. Uh, and, you know, other people might think differently, but they're not me. And they're not the ones talking into this very cool microphone that's new and I love it. So, yeah, I think the main reviews that I've read that are negative about The Ring of Power is that it's boring. I don't understand that. Some other people say 500 million, even for it looking the way it does, which is the best a television show has ever looked and sound like it does, the best a television show has ever sounded. It should be better still. Like, okay, what? you'll never be happy. Those people will never be happy. I don't understand what's going on, I think, is a warranted feeling some people are going to have. And they're just not going to find this entertaining. So move on with your lives. But I think it's... It, it, I get it. I get people who are like, I got no fucking clue what's happening. At least there aren't eight people named Viserys in this one, to be fair. Oh, also there's a wolf. 
near the Nori and her little friends. There's a wolf around there. That's probably going to come up sometime. But yeah, all in all, I think the showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay's interpretation of Tolkien's world is really great. I think it fits very neatly into Peter Jackson's aesthetic that he created in the early 2000s. Uh, if, if there are people out there who are saying the first two episodes of Rings of Power are better than the three movies, extended editions, obviously, the ones with the soup scene, very specifically, I do think they're wrong currently. But listen, I, I also... They need to work in harmony with each other. I don't think they are in direct competition. I think the direct competition is with House of the Dragon. And when we get to the end of the season for both of these, I think there will be a an, a very easy conversation to have, which is which one do you think is better? And there will be a dichotomy of opinions because there always is. Director J.A. Bonilla is wonderful. I don't know if he directs more than the first two episodes, but he is not over-directing ever. Uh, I would say that, and I brought up in the Hot D podcast, I think Miguel Sapschnik is a wonderful director when it comes to very big, very uh, battles and complicated scenes, but I think he over-directs the uh, mundane stuff. I don't think J.A. Bonilla did that at all. I, I, I didn't know he existed, which is the mark of a good director, in my opinion. I think the editing was flawless. I think it wasn't jumpy. It just kept you in the story the entire time. I think the music throughout, which I believe was Bear McCreary, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, actually don't, was wonderful as well. I think you should be watching both. If you're not watching both, like, you know, they were talking while Game of Thrones was on, like it was the golden age of television. And after Game of Thrones was gone, and HBO was looking for its next flagship show and Westworld came on. It just didn't do what it wanted, what HBO wanted it to do, uh, especially with that last garbage season. And uh, <laughs> which uh, I, apparently I'm a minority opinion of, by the way, uh, according to the Internet. But like they called that the golden age of television. I beg to differ with these two shows happening at the same time right now. I don't think there is a better time to ever be watching television than right here, right now, September 1st, 2022, this is it. To be able to watch those two shows back to back, this is it, guys. So I think uh, no matter what your proclivities are, you should at least give both these shows the time of day. To be fair, I just explained what happened in the first two episodes. And on Hot D, we explain what happened. This is a recap and review to be uh, TBF. So yeah, like y- y- for it to make sense for you to have listened to this, you should have watched the show. And it's weird that if you didn't, but uh, you know what? If you just want to hear my voice rather than watch the show, that's also fine. But I think you owe it to yourself to at least give the first episode of both these shows a try. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You should. Anyway, right now, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon a Targaryen dynasty story are in the boxing ring and House of the Dragon's left eye is bruised and closed, but there is a ferocity in House of the Dragon coming into round three. You know what I mean? And I look forward to watching the rest of both of the seasons, aka this boxing match between two expensive titans. And uh, yeah, maybe... I didn't even say to James, Adam, or Chad that I was going to do this. This is mainly like I got this new microphone and I just wanted to get into it. So, yeah, 
Perhaps they'll join me next time I do something like this. Or perhaps we'll make an episode about episodes one and two because James, Chad, or Adam will be like, we want to do it. And I'll be like, well, I already fucking did. So I guess we can do it again. That sounds fine. Anyway, thanks for hanging out. Very much appreciate it. And uh, as more episodes of Rings of Power come out, I'll do more words about them. Okay, bye.